The rebellion grows stronger with Lauren Rouse of Controller Club, the Direct, and Lifehacker Australia joining us today to dive into the solitary clone of the Bad Batch. And we're going to go down under in the Rebel Report. We'll see you after the jump. Hello there, Rebels. Welcome to Reckless Rebellion, the podcast with enough chaotic energy to fuel a Death Star. I am your rogue leader, electrifying, force-sensitive, native to Niamos, Thomas Carter Rochester, and I'm joined by the greatest minds the Rebellion has to offer. Up first, our master of chaos and pod racing enthusiast, King of the Hoth, the Klein Felt. Hello. How are you doing, Thomas? How are you? I am well. It's a day in the week. Time is relative. Kang. Kang is here. I think I'm going to change my name for the rest of this entire podcast ever to just Kang leader. Uh, I'm thinking it's the way to go. You know what I'm saying? Time is relative. (laughs) What do they say? Time is a flat circle, but so is pizza and pizza is delicious. Cowabunga, dude. Uh, Joining us today is our hollow journalist, Hoodie Disciple of the Dark Side and the Paramour of the Rebellion, Rousing, Lauren Rouse. Hello. Thanks for having me on. It's nice to be here. It's Thank you for coming on. It's uh, like, like I was just mentioning, time is relative. Normally, we live in three time zones, uh, which mm-hmm. is only spanning like three hours. But today, we are in a whole nother day for you. That's true. Yes, it, I'm yeah. from the future. It's so much. It's so much fun every time I get to talk to Lauren because I get I get all the scoops because everything happens before because she's in the future. So I get to know what it's what's going to happen. So I don't know what Saturday has in store. Um, uh, you guys I'm don't want to know. <laughs> scary, <laughs> apparently. Yeah, it's unbelievable. I, I wouldn't wouldn't want to spoil it though. Fair enough. Fair enough. That's no spoilers. Fair. Yeah, we're a no spoiler podcast. <laughs> jokes on today's show we cover the latest in the rebel report and we dive down under into the solitary clones mindset in the bad batch but before all of that let's check in with the smartest execute order 66 percent of this podcast normally we start with the hoth report but i want to know what it's like in australia right now what's that weather like Oh, the weather right now? Yeah, well, I don't know why we do this, Lord, but we do. <laughs> we like we should have prepared you. We do a weather yeah. uh, like report at oh. the beginning of the show. <laughs> sure. Okay. Well, in Sydney right now, it is raining, so that's mm. uh, not much fun. It's also quite warm, uh, so it's twenty like I don't know twenty. Uh, feels warmer Celsius. than twenty three yeah. degrees Celsius, which is what like seventy. Pushing eighty, I think. Sure. It doesn't matter because Celsius is the better like that format. It's just it, that's the way it's it is. It's true. It's literally what like ninety five percent of the world uses. Exactly. I think everyone but America. Even, even science yeah. uses it. So I agree. Uh, <laughs> but America has to be so different using. And we're not going to go down that road. America's thirty five years old, living in a van down by the river. Uh, but Klein, I'm sure it's cold as fuck over there in Hoth. 
No, it's actually been like, I don't know. It was really cold, I guess, before Christmas and and was cool over the holidays. But here in January, right now, yeah, it's been raining for like the last three days, three, four days. There's still snow on the ground, but it is slowly starting to melt. So it's kind of feeling, I don't know, just, just kind of gross. So just kind of sloppy out. I guess neither of you deal with snow on a very regular basis, but... There's just, it's this awful in between where there's a bunch of snow on the ground and it's really pretty. And then it gets warm enough where just the mud and dirt gets caught up in it. And it's just gross and sloppy. I walked to a, to an appointment today and I'm glad, like I've, I'm, anytime I go outside, I'm wearing my, like my Blundstone boots. There we go. Australian shout out. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just that time of year. And I don't know if it'll, it'll probably get cool again as it, as it does, but it's, we're pretty mild in the winter here anyway. So it's not like, I don't know. I'm not dealing with crazy freezing temperatures for half the year. What's uh, what's your temp there in Celsius? Oh boy. I think it is a balmy five degrees Celsius right now. Oh, shit. We're God. seven here. Really? Seven. Yeah. It's where is it? We're dropping. Why is it right so now? cold? Because the cold front came through, and mm. uh, so over Christmas we had a hard freeze, so it was in like the teens and twenties here. That's um, really cold. It's v- yes, uh, very very cold. It was a very fun cold Christmas. I enjoyed every second of it. It's like oh, and I'm no snow for twenty seconds, no snow, which kind of sucks because you know one day I'd like to actually see it when it's in the snow category, not the I've melted and I'm or I've frozen into ice and now I'm melting like snowman, uh, like uh, frosty, but. It is getting colder. Uh, tonight's low is four. Um, and it's supposed to be getting colder over the weekend. I have that's, been that's informed. Celsius, right? Not that four is correct. Fahrenheit. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Just, uh, I just, so just want to confirm at 6 a.m. It is going to be one degree Celsius. So we're having that's fun cold. down here. It's very yeah. cold. That's cr- that's cold. It, yeah. Uh, it's going to be fun. I'm going to enjoy it. Uh, we're going to have to stay warm in yoga tomorrow time of recording uh but enough of the weather lauren tell the entire galaxy uh about you and your the fact that you're a hollow star journalist like we didn't we need to hype that up a little bit more i know know klein is always hyping it up here but uh am i you you are you really are (laughs) go back and listen to the audio tape fair enough Wow, I guess I should go back and listen to them. Then I'll know what to say about myself. Um, (laughs) Yeah, well, I am a journalist with uh, a couple of different outlets. So with Klein on the direct, we write about, you know, Marvel and Star Wars, which is probably why I deserve to be here. Um, But then I also on the side write for Lifehacker Australia. Not on the side. That's my main job. Um, And also Gizmodo and Kotaku Australia. So we're the Australian uh, branches of those outlets, if anyone's heard of them. And, yeah, over there I just run my little entertainment corner i write about pop culture do some interviews um yeah it's a lot of fun i'm starting to do like reviews and and recaps uh of things and yeah having a lot of fun that's awesome klein says that you've interviewed all all of the stars not all of the stars she's interviewed some of the stars i was looking at photos you posted photos the other day lauren and it was like you and john krasinski and you and like if, if just like I don't know, you, you talk to people. It's cool. 
I do. Occasionally we'll get some celebrities down here and I occasionally get to interview them. It's pretty cool. Now, like now I can claim that I've interviewed a Golden Globe winner now that Austin Butler is one. So that's kind of cool. I found that pretty exciting. Um, and yes, he still does the Elvis voice. So there you go. Confirmed. <laughs> that's so weird. When he won, I'm like, dude, you're from Anaheim. Like, why are you talking yeah. like you, you're from like the deep South Mississippi? Like he just I me and mama. It. Like, it's just like, I don't, I don't know what he's doing now. Lauren, Whenever we have a guest on the show, whenever we bring someone into the rebellion, we have to, the first time we have them on, we get their Star Wars origin story. So Lauren, you this is not your first Star Wars thing. You, we did not make you watch the Bad Batch and this is your first time exploring <laughs> the galaxy. Um you 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 are a Star Wars fan. I think on the direct.com you were brought on as a Star Wars writer. So Lauren, right. like what where does it all begin with you? What is your Star Wars origin story? What does this franchise and galaxy like mean to you? Oh my gosh, it goes back a long time. My 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 dad is like a massive Star Wars fan because obviously he went to see the movie back in you know the seventies and it was sort of a pivotal moment. So he and my uncle uh, got me into it from a young age. We just sat and we watched all the movies back to back. Um, because they would always bring it up around, you know, the dinner table and things like that. And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. So they sat me down and made me watch it. And yeah, then I was like, oh, this is, this thing's pretty good, isn't it? This, uh, little sci-fi movie that no one's ever heard of. Um, so it just went from there. And now I think I'm probably potentially a bigger fan than they are. Interesting. So what was, I mean, what sort of era did you come up in in Star Wars then? What was the first one that you ended up seeing in theaters, I guess, would be? That's kind of the the demarcation point. Well, the first one I saw in theaters, like the premiere would have been Force Awakens, which is probably why that one's controversially my favorite, uh, just because I got to have that cinema experience with everyone. But I think, like, you know, I remember Revenge of the Sith coming out, but I think I was a little too young to see it. Um, but I remember the sort of the, the hype around it at the time. Um, but yeah, Force Awakens was my first one in the theater. And then I think that's probably when I was like, you know, I was able to like jump on the bandwagon, get excited with everyone and like actually go to a midnight screening and enjoy it with everyone. So that one holds a special place in my heart. Yeah, Lauren and I, Thomas, Lauren and I are like, I think within two years of each other. So it's like we uh, came up in the same era. I was the same. It's Force Awakens for yeah. Star Wars. I had the opportunity infamously to see Revenge of the Sith on the day it came out, because it was my birthday in 2005, and I decided to see Madagascar instead. So oh, this is wow. this is the this is the world we live in. Did I make the right choice? I'm not exactly sure. Which Madagascar? Mm. The first one. The first one. Oh yeah. I like to move it. Exactly. Move it. I exactly. think you chose it well. <laughs> uh, King Julian, the icon. Ah uh, yes. <laughs> I don't know why I became a vampire right there. Uh, He's a vampire now. Fuck it. Um, that is a great origin story. So what is your... So, okay, Force Awakens is your favorite experience or movie? I think it's also my favorite movie. Um, probably because of the experience. But looking back, it still holds up. Like, definitely it's the best out of that trilogy. I'm going to say it. Debatable. Have I stepped on some uh, Last Jedi truthers? Or? <laughs> oh, you've, got, you've got so much content to go back and listen to, Lauren. Yeah. Oh, yeah, my gosh. Okay. <laughs> there is a lot of fighting with David Thompson going back till 2020 between him and I on The Last Jedi um, for various podcasts. But, yeah, no, we have we, have, we enjoy all opinions here. I do love Force Awakens. Um, it is 
if if I were more into the I love the Star Wars in Star Wars, I would totally like it would be a Force Awakens for me. But I like that deconstruction stuff. So Last Jedi mm. is very you like high. it when they start to peel back the layers of the onion, you know? The layers, yes. Mm. The layers of the Star onion. Star Wars is like an ogre. It's got layers. And cake. Even oh. a glass onion, <laughs> you could say. There we go, just like a glass onion. Thomas, do we want to get into the news? We're going to get into the Rebel Report! News, 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 news. Now, if it wasn't already apparent, baby Jack-Jack Pews is not here. He usually does the Rebel Report. I'm taking over for him. I will try and do it justice. I'm doing my best, but... Maybe one day Jack will be back and he can read the news. But here we are. I got a couple stories from the past week. The first one, Thomas, I think that you're actually, I guess both of you are going to be very excited about because I know how much Lauren loves this Disney Plus duo. Um, The new Mandalorian season three trailer is coming very, very soon. Uh, This comes from the direct.com. They write Disney confirmed that a brand new trailer for season three of the Mandalorian will premiere during the ESPN NFL super, uh, super wildcard game starting at 8 p.m. Eastern on Monday, January 16th. The trailer will be released at halftime of the game. So timing wise, it's going to be sometime on Monday, our time, I guess, Tuesday in Australia. A new look we just got, I guess it was during, was it college football, Thomas, yes. that we got the Quantumania trailer? And that was kind of a full-length trailer. Uh, so it looks like we're going to be getting the second trailer of Mandalorian Season 3. Second trailer, right? We've only had one before. Yeah, second trailer. Um, and so I wanted to ask you guys, it's coming. What do you want to see from this trailer that maybe we perhaps didn't see from the last one? Or maybe you want to see more of something from the last one? What are you most excited to see uh, from this next look at the show? Lauren Rouse, we'll jump to you first. It's a good question because I kind of don't know if I want to see anything. I'm already excited enough. I don't know if I want anything else to be spoiled for me in a trailer. Because like, just on a slight tangent, I thought that Ant-Man trailer that released last week revealed way too much. Um, so I kind of don't did want it that. reveal not enough. We don't know. I, well, it could be throwing us off. <laughs> I, uh, there's not enough Kang. Okay. We've, we've gotten there. I'm talking about my f- second favorite blue guy today. Oh, okay. Well, Who's he was in his favorite though? blue guy. Yeah. Grand Jake Sully. Admiral oh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> not Jake, not Jake Sully. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm kind of with you, Lauren. Like, I feel like that first trailer was very, very cool. Um, and I kind of just want this show to come at this point. Like I'm, I'm mm. very excited. There's one thing that I would like to see that we haven't, I don't think on the first trailer was, I want to see, uh, Gideon. I want to see Giancarlo Esposito. I want to see this new, they've been talking about this new Mandalorian esque armor that he's going to be wearing. He's going to be, um, seen alongside. What are those guards called from the last Jedi? Yeah. No. Oh, no. Oh. no uh, so the the red ones. Uh, he's going yeah. to be some leaks, no. some photos. Apparently, came out that they're going to be in Mandalorian season three, and they're going to be like his like sidekicks. And I want to see like him rolling up with some cool red and black Mandalorian armor with these bright red guards. I think that just like a shot of that could be really cool. What about you, Thomas? What are you excited to see? I mean, honestly, a good answer if you're just looking for something is like just more 
more baby yoda <laughs> like just <laughs> give me more sure. grugo grogu give me more din like <laughs> grugo um, i yeah grugo L- listen let me let's talk about grugo real quick he's so adorable um he's my cat sitting over there for it doesn't exist. It's it's invisible. I apologize. I wasn't going anywhere with that bit. I have no idea what I want to see, Klein. Here's the thing that gets me excited is if the Dallas Cowboys are getting their fucking ass oh, kicked. Okay. Just I will have something <laughs> positive to look forward to in this game. Um, because I'm probably gonna need it if we're losing. And I feel like they're gonna make me wait till the fourth quarter. Which means that's going to be the only way I watch it if we're losing. Um, it's it's scary playoff time, go football teams, uh, but only the Cowboys because everyone else can suck it. We're going for that ring. Um, I don't, you know, I you took away Moff Gideon, so, so I'm, I'm upset about that, uh, sir. But I really, honestly, I want Thrawn. Let's not fucking lie. It's like not, he's see- not going to be in it. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> it's I, not going to happen. Man- a man can hope. It's not in the show. Okay, when is Cal Kestis showing up then? Oh! I feel like that has a better likelihood than, than Thrawn showing up in season three. You think... Yeah, I do. Cal Kestis has yes. a higher percentage to show up in Mando Brand season synergy, three. man. February or March 1st, and then March whatever it is for Jedi Survivors. <laughs> How? He's got to be gray by then. Exactly. Not wrong. But he's not even great. I'm not. World between worlds, my friend. Let him, let him traverse time and okay. space. <laughs> okay, we're going to jump right to the next story here. Uh, Disney Plus's Ahsoka is rumored to include fan favorite Rebels creature. In a recent report from Making Star Wars, it was rumored that wolves will play a major role in Rosario Dawson's upcoming Ahsoka series on Disney Plus. However, instead of being just normal wolves, the animals will apparently be loath wolves, last seen in season four of Star Wars Rebels. Specifically, the report states that at least one loath wolf will not only be present, but will also be ridden by Ahsoka at multiple points throughout the show. The crew apparently brought horses in to, for Dawson to ride during filming, similar to how the Orbacks were hauled around in The Rise of Skywalker. It was also stated that the crew may be constructed a puppet-like wolf head to appear in certain shots so i heard the gas from thomas i'll jump right to you how excited are you and what do you think this means i'm just going to throw a name on the table kane and jaris because flashbacks. the wolf not just flashbacks remember like the loath, like the, the yeah like they, he was speaking ones... out to the rebel and rebels he yeah. was speaking out to he was saying doom doom yeah so i don't know i think we can I'm get some kane and stuff which is cool Oh, dude, like, no matter what, the Loath Wolves themselves are creatures of the world between worlds. Like, thank you, Klein, for bringing it up before I did. That's our, that's our first. I've, we've got Thrawn and World Between Worlds, and we're only 20 minutes into this episode. Like, that's a record. Um, I'm, I really do think that... Uh, okay, let's combine some thoughts here, Brain. When they're running on... Lethal from the, I believe they're like being bombarded after losing a battle to Thrawn in season three. They go through the world between worlds and end up on the other side of the planet on a whim. They're also the wolves are on the gateway for the world between worlds. They're the ones that run and open it. So the fact that they're going to have Loth wolves makes, I mean, absolute sense. And I really want to know if, like, speculation, 
if you one force sensitive person gets a loath wolf that is also force sensitive can they by themselves take you through the world between worlds and let you stay there momentarily like a magic carpet sort of thing a, a magic carpet ride to say the least except it runs hmm. so and runs instead of flies Lauren, does this get get you excited at all? I've have I have no idea. Are you a Rebels fan? Like, have you? I don't know. I have. You, you know, seen, do you remember the? Okay. Yeah, I've seen. I I want to say. Well, I remember the Loath Wolves, so I want to say I've seen all of what Rebels. Um, and just from like a personal angle, like wolves are like my favorite animal, so I'm never gonna say no to that. Uh, and these are and, big. Like, these are like these are just like ride. regular size wolves. It's the dream, right? So that's going to be pretty cool. I'd love to see like how they're going to bring that to life in like a live action way. Um, someone's going to have to explain to me the world between worlds. So what is this? So the world between worlds is like a later rebels thing. Thomas, you might be able to like, like, I don't know, fill the holes that I um, forget, forget. It's a later rebels thing where they basically like they go between planes almost where you can drop into any time and place through space. And so Ahsoka does it or, in rebels ezra and ahsoka do it together and they like they hear like what is okay. thomas you okay go ahead ezra I, is able yeah. to access the world between worlds he gets yes. into it and in and he I sees clone work and yeah. He, yeah. he walks around there are voices there's um it is i believe that if when you die and you are able to break through and be a force ghost, you are living inside the world between worlds where time does not exist. That is my headcanon. Will it be true? Eh, we'll find out. Uh, and then Ezra goes in there and he doesn't know what he's getting into, but then he meets with Yoda and Yoda explains kind of what's going on. He has a challenge from Palpatine and it comes down to him saving Ahsoka and that's how Ahsoka gets in there. And Ahsoka gets saved and moved forward. I think that's also what happens to Thrawn. He gets taken with the Purgle and uh, Ezra through the world between worlds and dropped off because if Thrawn is on the board, there's no way the Rebels win against the Empire. He's too goddamn smart with art. And so it is essentially a plane of existence between time and space, allowing you to traverse time at a rate of space. Yes. So as you walk spatially, you are traveling time by X amount of years and degrees. It comes from a theory of the life between lives where after you die there, you go to the afterlife, you learn about what you did, and then your soul has to go through a period of relearning and re, uh, I don't know, balancing, I guess is a good way to put it for now. And you prepare to go into your next life unless of course you're allowed to graduate to the next level of existence asterisk none of it's confirmed we could all just be dust after we die however i happen to fall into the theory so the world between worlds is kind of meshing together is how we got here yeah wow. so i the, really like these that. wolves can like kind of traverse that the thing that yeah. i think is really cool that has nothing to do with the world between worlds is the whole like kane and jairus thing i guess it kind of has yeah. something to do with it because they're so connected but like the last time we saw these things was after kanan had died yes and mm -hmm. it was saying kanan's like pre-jedi name which was doom mm. and so i think that he could like i don't know how we reincarnate i guess like he could be the soul of this wolf which could be very cool 
sad and awesome. Because this is like this is supposed to be like a rebel sequel series, which I don't think you can have rebel sequel series without bringing Freddie Prince Jr. somehow into it. That yeah. would be sick. Yeah, that's interesting. It's a lot more like spiritual or kind of like yeah. philosophical than Star Wars has ever gone before, which would actually be really interesting for them to touch on. Um, but I don't know how they're also going to do that and keep the mass appeal. For sure. Well, it is Dave Filoni, and I think it's more just going to be touched upon. I don't know how much we live inside the world between. Worlds. Yeah, I, I don't think that, we. I, I know think there's they, a rumor that we get like it, but... three Ahsokas or whatever. But hey, oh. <laughs> hey, oh, some quantum mania stuff going on. <laughs> oh my God, it's all tied together, Klein. Oh, there, this is it. This that Patton Oswalt rant. It's all coming. It's all happening. Yeah, okay. This is how the MCU the and Star Wars crossover. Oh man. Where's Pat? Okay. <laughs> um, I do want to say before we jump yeah. to the next story, when you said wolves, I almost yelled, well, no fucking shit, but that's just because Dave Filoni literally loves wolves. Mm-hmm. His and character. Owls. Yes, but like his favorite animal is a wolf. Just like you, Lauren. You and Dave Filoni have something yeah. in common. We're basically right. best friends. Have you ever tried wearing a cowboy hat? You would rock the fuck out of a cowboy hat. Hmm, okay. Catch me next time. <laughs> uh, on to the last news story of the week. Lucasfilm hires Detective Pikachu writers for a mystery project. A new report from Deadline revealed that two new writers who are working on a mystery uh, or, or two new writers are working on a mystery project for Lucasfilm while sharing that Dan Hernandez and Ben Samet are writing a movie based on Disney's figment character. The site also revealed the former Detective Pikachu writers are working on unannounced projects with both, both Lucasfilm and Walt Disney Pictures. While they never explicitly state that it's Star Wars related, there's evidence heavily suggesting that the two are very much working in a galaxy far, far away. I didn't have the evidence. I didn't put it in here, but basically it comes down to both of them are just really, really big Star Wars fans and have said at any chance they could get they would love to work on a Star Wars thing and they like thank Star Wars for being influential in their careers and stuff like that. I want to ask you guys does this interest you for one? Um, I personally really liked the Detective Pikachu movie. I don't think it was amazing I think that there was maybe a weird fatherly twist that could have been taken out of it but I enjoyed the fun time at the movies with that movie and I think that that kind of fun I don't know, fun dialogue and stuff like that that would fit perfectly in Star Wars, especially if they're fans. So, Lauren, what do you think? Are you into this? Do you even want to throw out what you think this could possibly maybe even be? I don't know, movie, series, character? Well, maybe. I mean, first off, yeah, I am pretty excited about this. I think I'm going to be excited about any new Star Wars thing that they actually announce because, I mean, when you compare that with things like the MCU or DC, like it just the ratio of projects is so much smaller for Star Wars at this point. Like we sort of hear about a lot of things that are that are coming and then maybe not all of them make it. So this could well happen to this as well and we may just never see it. But yeah, Detective Pikachu was, it was a nice movie. It kind of blended the, the adult with the younger adult sort of vibe, I suppose. Um, and seeing that in Star Wars would certainly fit. Uh, I don't know what kind of project this would be, but personally I've always wanted a BB-8 movie, so... There we go. That's my prediction. Love a movie with BB-8 as like like the the like the center of the story, like the, the protagonist. Yeah. yeah. Okay. BB-8 origin story. Yeah. The story revolves around BB-8. I see that. That's right. Yeah. 
Oh, Thomas. Um, what about you, Thomas? Are you interested in this? Are you excited? I mean, of course you are. You're Thomas. You're yeah, excited you. about everything. But I, I really love the. Okay, so Klein. Yeah. Maybe even give Lauren. it to me. I don't know how Lauren lands on the Pokemon uh, hype train. Lauren's new to Pokemon. She played her oh, first Pokemon game yes, this year. Thank God. Yeah. Or like, I guess last year. Wait. Yeah. Last year. Hold on. Game or like Pokemon anything? Because there's a uh, game. Yeah, I've watched the TV show back, the cartoon back in the day. Okay, okay. so that's what I meant, Klein. You went okay. Controller Club. I was talking. Yeah, whatever. I but watched we'll, the we'll, anime we'll, too. We'll, I was. I know Ash Ketchum. Me and him go I, way back. I did not watch Pokemon growing up. I didn't watch it until I was like twenty-five, maybe. I don't. So like I don't. Remember. Twenty years ago. Yeah, thank you. And I, I think you're making me feel young. <laughs> I definitely forgot what I was going to say. Thanks, Klein. Um, I, oh, watch I didn't it even watch the whole old. series. I didn't okay. even watch the whole series. I watched episodes here and there. So when I watched Detective Pikachu, which might have been before then, I don't remember. I don't remember what year that came out. I was like, wow, this is really good. This makes me kind of want to go watch Pokemon and learn more about some of these characters. First off, we got a Charizard. Always loved the dragons. Um, I knew some of the characters going into it. Uh, some of the Pokemon, I guess, is a better thing to say going Mons. into it. I enjoyed the story. I actually liked the fatherly twist because I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah. Had on paper, it's really it's it's cute, but <laughs> it's just a little weird. I, I, listen, Ryan Reynolds can voice anything and make it amazing. So like, that's what I liked about it. it. If it was not Ryan Reynolds, I would not like the movie. I would be very annoyed, but it's very twisty. Ooh, so twisty and uh so i'm excited to see what they do with this what do i want klein grand admiral mithron you know? okay well <laughs> like duh <laughs> because want, because the writers of detective pikachu movie. just scream to me the political mm. intrigue of grand admiral thron right <laughs> like kind of no, you're crazy. <laughs> you're nuts. <laughs> when I saw this, you want to know what the first thing I thought about when I saw this? And this would never happen. But you might remember it's on Disney Plus. You if you could you remember the old like Star Wars cartoons, like droids and the Ewoks mm, cartoon? Yeah. That's what this screamed to me. I was like, oh, they're oh, gonna yeah. make an Ewoks cartoon. <laughs> like it could oh, happen. Yeah, it could be a, oh, it could be a uh, an animation. Remember the show I pitched on like episode three of this show where I was like, I want Absolutely. a Gilligan's Island with C3PO and the Ewoks? Give me that written by these guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Um that, oh, C3PO, Ewoks telling tales. Come on. Come on. They're just worshiping his goldiness. Um, quick tangent, but really recognize. Do you want to know why C3PO was seen as a god to the Ewoks? Because Tell was us. he made of because he was shiny? Because the tree sap of the trees on e on um Endor, Endor, when they are when it's when it does, I'm trying to remember how it is. Certain bees pollinate the trees, and the sap that comes from it is actually just straight up gold. And that's what they make Han and Leia's rings out of when they get married on the forest moon of Endor in Princess and the Scoundrel. Highly recommend listening to that book. It's real good. You're going to cry. Um, but also, it's just really good Star Wars. And that is why he's a god. He is basically the tree sap of their world. 
Wow. The more you know. Okay. Exactly. The more you know. I feel like we should be. Thomas's fun fact of the week. Um, And speaking of godliness, you know, they say that the gods cite their sources. That was a segue. Anyways, um, (laughs) don't forget, always, kids, cite your sources for all the latest in the Star Wars universe where we got our news stories today. We went to thedirect.com. Keep everything clean and tidy. Do what David Thompson would want if you were in one of his history, not history. What does he teach? English classes. <laughs> Set your sources, AP style, Chicago style, MLA? MLA, yeah. Is that one? That's the okay. way he's probably teaching. Really? Okay. It's Florida Public School. So yeah. Interesting. Okay. Well, yeah, do it. We got everything here from the direct.com. I write there. Lauren writes there. Thomas is extended direct family at this point. So I'll be on the direct podcast this week. Interesting. Love it. That's it. Look at that. I'm a part of the family. We are going to take a very brief ad break and we'll be back on the other side. Or will we? You're listening to Reckless Rebellion. It's resistance. Do you like trees? Then we here at Reckless Rebellion can only recommend for you to go out side this episode and every episode is brought to you by mother nature we were born on this earth and most likely we will die on this earth unless you're rich and you go to space and mars congratulations the rest of us are going to go outside we're going to get our vitamin d we're going to drink some water we're going to take our shoes off stand in the grass and ground ourselves like the hippies that i am Don't forget, stay hydrated when you're outside, because if you dehydrate, you might die. Mother Nature, always there for us. It's time for us to be there for her. Hi, I'm Leah. And I'm Bethann. And we're She Will Rock You. She Will Rock You is a bi-weekly podcast about rock history. Each episode, we talk about an artist and their lives, but we do it a little differently. You see, we noticed there was a lack of ladies hosting music podcasts, so we wanted to fix it. And here we are, two badass millennial ladies talking about rock music our parents wouldn't let us listen to. As a bonus, you'll even get our beer recommendations at the end. Find us wherever you listen to podcasts. And remember, don't don't do drugs! We are here for our main topic of the day. I don't think I signaled what this topic was named, so it's just the main topic for today. We're going off book, off programming, which is interesting because Bad Batch Season 2, Episode 3, The Solitary Clone, is all about going off program. General thoughts we're going to start out with. Uh, Let's start with you, Lauren. What did you think of this? And remind me, you've only, you've read the synopsis of the first season, and then you've watched the first three episodes of season two. Yeah, so I did start watching the first few season, uh, first few episodes of season one, and I think I just you know dropped off after a bit. So I caught up by reading what happened in each of those episodes, and now I've watched the first three episodes of season two. Um, yeah, and this one was pretty different from the other two, from what I can tell. Like it was a bit more of a bottle episode where you're kind of focused more on um, Crosshair and his kind of journey as a, as a solitary clone. That's the episode is titled great titling. Um, but yeah, I really liked it. I kind of liked that it was a little bit, I guess, darker in terms of it, of its morality and explored some of those like more difficult ethical choices and then also had a lot of action. So maybe I'll keep watching after this. Maybe this show has something going on. 
Kleino, what do you think? Uh, we I alluded to it last week in that like I thought that this show had maybe turned a corner a little bit and had gotten away like we mentioned it last week talking about the first season was the first season it felt like the most well-made prettiest just Saturday morning cartoon I'd ever seen it wasn't really gonna I don't know do anything super narratively really all that interesting and it's just gonna kind of be these fun characters go on adventures once a week and I felt that like these first three episodes have done a really good job at making me realize like okay like this can be a can be a little bit more than that and I think this episode yeah we didn't deal with really the bad batch at all except for crosshairs uh Omega wasn't there but I thought that like this was it is a dark episode this is two soldiers basically going on a covert mission and de- like i don't know destabilizing destabilizing a government that doesn't want to be destabilized um which i thought was really cool we got more of i forget i don't know his name yet but more of that weird empire dude who was at the end of the second episode who's sitting in a terribly lit office just the worst just <laughs> no lighting at all it's, the window comes about halfway down. If anyone's standing in front of the desk, it comes about halfway down their face. All you can see is their mouth. You can't see their eyes at all. But I really like this episode. Um, and I am actually excited to continue with this show. Whereas in first the first season, I wasn't excited by it. It was just kind of something I did. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm, it's, I'm fascinated with this series now. I'm not like enthralled. It doesn't have its like hooks hundred percent in me, but I am very interested to see where we go from here. Cause I think it is doing things a little more. I don't know. It's branching out a little further than we did with the, with the first season. Yes. It, this reminds me of season two of rebels in terms oh, of for the, sure. the, yeah. the narrative the jump, jump from, for, yeah, the jump from yeah. first to second season or even like early clone wars to like later season clone three. wars. Like yeah. season, this is like a season three jump for Clone Wars, and I felt like season one of Bad Batch was season one, season two of Clone Wars, and season one storytelling of Rebels. How it, you know, is at least a, a narrative going through. Um, last week we mentioned what the title of this was. You said Rex, I said Crosshair. I was right, and honestly, I was very surprised when it started because I was not expecting it to be about Crosshair. I was with you. I thought. Overall, it was going to be Rex, but I wanted to play different and it be about Crosshair. And the way that it unfolded was fantastic. Um, and I don't really know if I can dive into what I was going to say without getting into the plot and the spoilers of it all. So let's just hop into that. And then my general thoughts are really just spoiler thoughts. My bad, kids. The Imperial Governor, whose name doesn't matter, is taken hostage on... Uh, a separatist planet by the rightful governor of said planet. There's a lot of droids. It's a lot of, it's a really Clone Wars throwback these last three episodes. Mm A lot more of like, hey, don't forget, this is like uh, less than a year after the Clone Wars ended. So it's nice to see these tie-ins coming back to remind us because I still randomly am like, yeah, when is like, when Sabine showing up? And she's not even born yet, I don't think by this point. Oh, shit. Yeah, I don't think she's even born hmm. yet. I think she's a teenage, early teenager in uh, Rebels. Rebels. Huh. Interesting. Maybe she's a baby right now. Crosshairs is cleared for active duty by Vice Admiral Rampart. That was hard to say. Vice Admiral Rampart 
And it, I am very much enjoying him interacting, those two interacting. Every scene is layered with glass onions, real onions, ogre onions, and even Funyuns. Fuck it. We're going there. Uh, he is told that Commander Cody is the one running the op, and we get Cody in his in, in the classic Empire Commander outfit that we've never seen once, but it looks great on Cody. The white and gray, he's no longer rocking that cool. It's orange. just the painted like Revenge of the Sith look, right? Like it's, it's exactly just, the same. They've taken armor. all the they've taken all the red accents or colored accents off of him and yeah. added gray. Now he's even more shades of gray than before. Uh, Cody and Crosshair battle across a planet doing black ops stuff. You know, real classic Clone Wars mentality. We're going to infiltrate. We're going to take down all these droids. And then we're going to go save the person. They free the Imperial governor. But Cody tries to find a peaceful solution. Whereas uh, once it occurs, the imp governor calls for the execution of the other governor. And he is not going to do it. He's not a fan. He's debating on it. And Crosshairs pulls the trigger for him. The episode ends with Cody deciding to go AWOL. And that is literally the whole plot of the episode. I wish mm -hmm. I had more embellishments for the, for the audience. I know you guys love listening to me ramble for 45 minutes on the plot. But what I really love is it's so clean and concise because it's a two-man show. Cody... And Crosshair. And as we learned last week, the Bad Batch is believed dead by Vice Admiral Rampart. And we know from the finale that Crosshair let them go. And he obviously has lied to the Empire in his report. So he's not exactly all the way activated with his chip. He's just made the choice to work for the Empire and to do his job. Whereas, as Cody says, more and more clones are starting to question the order. And that was pretty much him just talking about himself there, which is very intriguing to see. You know, remember the, uh, hey, remember in Obi-Wan Kenobi when there was that uh, uh, 501st guy? Oh, uh, yes. The beggar. The beggar. Mm. Uh, he might have he questioned the order. A little too early on and got shoved over there on daimyo yeah i forget what i forget what planet it is i i have the image of him like burned <laughs> into my brain because i remember people freaking out of going oh my god is it cody is it rex is it who mm. knows but it's steve the clone it is dave stuck on the street um and so I really enjoyed how that the plot kind of evolved from there with those two and how they are they're both i love the what is the word juxtaposition sure we'll, we'll diametrically opposed that too shit look at wow. us really look at look at fucking canada and their education system up there really <laughs> popping off and showing off on me uh i really enjoyed how they are juxtaposing these two characters cody is questioning the order will he choose peace will he choose freedom and crosshair has literally just said fuck the order i'm going to let my brothers go free and then i'm going to still kill for the empire because that's what i was bred to do and it's really interesting watching how they are doing that and we can now see why the clones were actually phased out because more and more seem to be questioning 
the absolute utmost following of orders, which is what they were designed to do. And that, my good friends, is why we can blame the Jedi. Uh, fuck Vice Admiral Rampart. All right, I'm done now. Lord, I really like I like I like Vice Admiral Rampart. He's just like a I don't know. He's a he's the what kind of those villains that you um we're rewatching Andor in this house right now. He reminds me a lot of like Karn. He's just like one of those villains who just you're like, I love to hate you. Okay. Um but I, I think I'm I'm agree with everything you said here, Thomas, in that it's it's fascinating to see the steps starting. You can see the path being paved before us to get to ultimately where there are no more clones. And I think what interested me the most out of all of this was we saw Order 66 happen. We saw it happen a few different times. We saw it happen in Revenge of the Sith. And we're like, oh my gosh, they all turned on their friends. We saw it happen at the end of the Clone Wars where it was like they're turning on their friends and it... I think meant a little bit more to the viewer at that point. Cause it was like, you got to know these clones and they were turning their blasters on Obi-Wan and, and Ahsoka and that sort of thing. And now we're here, however much longer later after order 66 and these people are here in commander Cody and these other clones going, we did that. But now I'm wondering why I haven't started. I haven't ever really thought about why and the chip and everything had been turned and and it all went and it went according to plan for the empire but now you have these yeah utmost loyal soldiers who are not devoted to the cause anymore and that's ultimately why they move away from the clones and get people who either they're being brought in from birth or what have you or they're actually devoted to the cause and and um and are going to raise arms because that's what they want to do not because that's what they have to do uh, which I think is is like very narratively nuanced compared to I think what we've gotten in a lot of I don't know a lot of this prequel stuff for in quite a while, which I think is very cool. Lauren, what about you? How, where do you stand on the plot of this episode and and where it seems to be taking us trajectory wise? Yeah, I think I agree with everything that you guys have said. It's definitely a layer of um, insight into that sort of whole Order 66 like action and its ramifications that we haven't really seen before, um, which is really interesting. It's showing that like Star Wars animation is just kind of doing it different. And it's interesting that you brought up Andor Klein because I was watching it and I just sort of felt like this is kind of like the animated version of Andor. It's like dealing with the same depth of morality and kind of the same political intrigue the plot of this episode was very political, obviously. Um, and I think that's really cool that they have sort of like delved into this territory further. That's a little bit more like, you know, the, the prequels tried to sort of go very hard on all the political stuff, which kind of ended up just being, I suppose, maybe boring for a lot of the audience because they think like, you know, you go to the movies to see a big Star Wars action piece most of the time. And that's kind of not what they did. But here, you know, when you're at home, um, and you have like time dedicated to these kinds of things, it's a bit easier to like slip into that headspace of I'm ready to take on something that's a little bit more intelligent and challenging. And I think that's really cool. Like I kind of didn't expect it from like the Bad Batch, honestly, like you watch these trailers and things and like I hadn't seen the first season, like I said, and I kind of just dismissed it because I've seen Rebels and it's a lot of fun, but it's more on that sort of action side of things where it's a little bit more surface level. And this wasn't that, this was like very in depth and very thoughtful and I enjoyed it a lot. It's funny that you like it's 
I don't know, an interesting point that you bring up. And it's like, if someone were to look at this from the outside, I think it, it could be written off very easily. Oh, it's another cartoon. Oh, it's that. But like, mm. there's a maturity here in this second season that I don't think was there in the first season. The first season was, I mean, for lack of a better term, was quite silly in a lot in a lot of moments. And we still get that. The first season, we have them bumbling and them going, oh, Omega, you got to you got to study your ship charts so that later in the episode, like it was it, there are still those moments, but I think that, yeah, there is a level of maturity that we didn't get. I mean, in this episode, you have a quote unquote hero protagonist in crosshair, somebody who is one of the bad batch, just like straight up murder somebody. And we hear the body thump. Yeah. We don't see the bullet go Mm -hmm. through them, but like they don't cut away. Like you as a viewer are there to see or I don't know, be privy to that, which I don't think is something they would have done in season one. I agree. They they really bring you in with the, this is a children's show. And then they're like, by the way, we're going to murder everyone that you fall mm. in love with, uh, just like Clone Wars did. I, I think they're able to lean a little heavier into the mature themes with the success of season seven specifically. Um, of Clone you know, Wars? Of Clone Wars, yes. Yeah. Good, mm. good, good, uh, good uh, save there for me. The Rebels of it all was very, very Disney television. Like, it was always mm-hmm. kind of silly. And then when it got dark, it was more sad. There were moments like this in Rebels, but it was mm. never as... Over- like, there were mature themes in Rebels that were okay. momentary i would say it, okay. there's there was never an overarching thing um it did ultimately come back to a hey this is a disney xd show like where, mm-hmm. where there's only so much we can do yeah uh okay i see what you're saying and this episode i i really think this is the beginning of something way bigger um i, I find it interesting that they're about to dive so deep into the clones themselves uh, which was not something I was actually expecting this season. Although, if I looked at the damn titles, of course, the clone conspiracy and truth and consequences really is like, hey, something's happening here. But I'm now starting to think that maybe the Bad Batch isn't just Clone Force 99. And it's, it's actually the entire clone army. Yeah. So I, I, that'd be really interesting. And I wonder if Kaminoans had set up some kind of failsafe where if, like, specifically... Oh, man, I just thought of this on the spot. If Kamino gets destroyed because they obviously do not trust the Chancellor or the Republic or anyone, to be fair, then they must have a backup plan. Well, what if our loyal... the the What we gave them will no longer be theirs type thing. Like, there could be a failsafe somewhere that went off when they destroyed all of Kamino. And now I have the question that I'm really intrigued to see where your beautiful brains go. Where do you think Commander Cody goes from here? I think we're going to have a, a rescue. We're going to save him later on in the season. I think that's what Rex calls in. Oh, I have a mission for you, boys. I think that's what it is. Go go save Cody, which was speculated when the trailer came out. But where long-term, he was supposed to be an Obi-Wan Kenobi, and then he was written out sad. Think about how this episode would have answered so many questions, right? It would have been an Obi-Wan. <laughs> they would have made Obi-Wan Kenobi better. And instead, we're just like, oh, we didn't get Commander Cody. Sad. Uh, where do you think Cody goes from here, Lauren Russ? Yeah, it's a good question. So to be clear, is this the first time we've seen him for some time? 
Yeah, like, I think since this is Clone a big Wars, deal, him yeah. showing up in this episode. Yes. So yeah, it's it's an interesting question. I mean, in terms of the projects that we know about, like, could we see him in Ahsoka? Is everyone showing up in Ahsoka? I don't know. Maybe we shouldn't put that too many expectations on that. Um, but if they are going to do more, yeah, like shows or movies in this timeline, assuming he survives, uh, which he may not, maybe he'll have to sacrifice himself or die in some significant way to exactly. So maybe I'll stick with that. Maybe he's just not going to make it. I think if we're going to put him somewhere, if we're talking about like project titles, I think it would be fascinating. And maybe this is me just wishing it into existence. I would love to see him being some part of the rebellion in Andor season two. I would like to see commander Mm. Cody as I don't know, in some way involved in that. Um, maybe we do see him end up dying there, but like I think that that could be a very interesting place to see, like to connect these dots, to go from there to there, um, as that is way further down the timeline uh, on in, in like in universe time. But I think that could be a very cool place. And I think it is just me also wishing, like I want to see what this character looks like in that show specifically, because... I think you could do some interesting things with that. He's got a lot of internal knowledge. He's got, he, I mean, it's going to be outdated by the time we get to Andor, but it could still be a valuable resource. I really like that because he would be the on the ground, boots on the ground, emotional, let's not go past this line person. You kind of need one in, in spy spy life you kind of well, yeah he to, could i mean you know, he he could very well be the like the boots on the ground the get your hands dirty guy for mon mothma yeah exactly Ooh. he could he could be on the you know like he's willing to kill but he's only willing to do it if peaceful negotiations don't work out right we kind of saw that in this episode and that's very much a cody thing to do which is why when he shot obi-wan kenobi it's just like, wow, that chip's powerful, man. So I made a chip, and it was very powerful, and uh, all of the clones became bad guys. Yeah, Revenge of the Sith. I don't know. Oh, that was George Lucas. Yeah, it's not as good as Jack-Jack. He's here in spirit, you know. Uh, <laughs> like, what's this Kermit the Frog thing going on? But yeah, okay. I did it once. I think that Cody is going to show up in I don't know. Let's just say I mean he's going to show up. Yeah, he's going to show up later in this later in this series. I think that it is inevitable that he will become a member of the Bad Batch. I think he Mm. is going to be Mm. like he will be a regular character on like he'll essentially replace Crosshairs. Ooh, that's intriguing because I think. Well, I'm not going to say what I think. Where do you think Crosshairs goes, Lauren? Yeah, it's interesting, right? Because you sort of see that he's still even now having gone back to the Empire, like he's still a bit of an outcast. No one wants to sit with him. No one wants to talk to him. And he kind of, yeah, he's clearly ruffling some feathers. The principal's office at lunch, like. Yeah. But I think personally, I'd like to see him, like the turn that he made by leaving the Bad Batch, but letting them live. I mean, it's kind of, I think that's really interesting. And I kind of want to see him almost go darker. I want to see him like mm-hmm. stick to his guns with the Empire and make it really difficult for them to try and bring him back. 
uh, maybe he's going to die. I'm predicting that everyone's just going to die on this show. That seems See, to be I'm, where I'm, I'm going. with you in that, Lauren. I think, and if they're going to go mature, and if we're going to get those overtones, and we're going to really get into it and do something tonally that it might look like a cartoon, but it is going. This is going to be a grown-up show, I guess. I think it's ultimately going to come down to a clash between him and Clone 90, Clone Force ninety nine, and either. Mm. I mean, they might give him a moment of redemption or whatever, but like, I think that he is going to be like the Darth Vader figure, whereas this Rampart guy is going to be the Emperor for like Clone Force 99, like as antagonists for this show. And whether it's the end of this season or later down the line, I think ultimately it's going to come to blows with Crosshairs and the brothers, and he's going to be too far, far gone. And yeah. I don't know, Wrecker's okay. going to pick him up and tear him in half or something. <laughs> Yeah, they're gonna have to. They're gonna have to take him down. Mm-hmm. I love that. I think that is where it is uh, heading. They are, they are definitely going to be coming back and meeting again. They're they're gonna come to a crossings, if you will. Uh, I think that Crosshairs is actually gonna be on the good side. Eventually, he's going to be forced to make a decision to kill his brothers or not, and it'll come down to you can't go back to the Empire. Because but do you think he continues you're... on after that? Or do you think he just gets like a moment of redemption? Because I can see them doing that. He gets a moment of redemption and then is... Goes back to the Empire? Or is killed off. Oh. oh. Like I mean, we get the yeah, Darth Vader moment with him where it's like, okay... <sighs> fucking terrible. I hope not. Yeah. I'm yeah. so tired of people redeeming themselves and dying. It's like, oh, you've redeemed yourself. Goodbye. You can't do anything good ever again. Ben Solo. So, so Star Warsian. <laughs> And, yeah, it would be uh, more interesting if he didn't get redemption at all. Yeah, uh, would it? I think it'd be more interesting to see how he tries to do good when all he really wants to do is kill people. Like that's a really fun balance, as opposed to. Mm. I mean, it's almost an Anakin as a clone kind of thing. Which oh shit! What if they like mixed Anakin's DNA in with the Bad Batch? <gasps> that'd be fucking crazy. Uh, <laughs> you're nuts, Thomas. Wow. Yeah, thank you. I just, it, it, you know, it rattled up in there and I had to say it. I, th- I really love the idea that they're going to come to a blow and it could come at tipping point, March 22nd. Um, it's intriguing that Rampart calls upon Crosshair and says, you're not in charge now. That's not what he sounds like. Um, and then he's like, Commander Cody's in charge. And then at the end, he's like, you're in charge because you at least killed the guy even though I know you lied to me. So it's like... Well, a, and then he, we have that weird moment of the weird, hey, two the, the Cody, Co, uh, Bad Batch, like Clone Force 99, two different groups of clones that have just kind of disappeared when you're around them. And <laughs> it's like, are you like totally cool with Crosshairs, Rampart? Or are you like, what's going on? Because you're yeah. keeping them in. You're keeping yeah. them close, I guess. I don't know. Keep your enemies closer sort of thing. But... It's, knows it. it is a little, sh- I don't know. I, mm. It did take me out of it a little bit. Cause I'm like, why are you, you're sending him on another mission, even though you kind of already know that he has screwed up in your mind. I, I don't know. It's a test. And he at least mm. passed phase one of the test. I think it's going to continue to happen. And uh, the final episode is called plan 99. So, We'll see how it all shakes out in the Bad Batch. That was terrible Bad Batch voice, but it is. Omega. 
it is. Talking about Ahsoka, talking about clones, I think we should get Rex in the next in, couple in episodes. A, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, like he's been teased. Like he's been, he's been isn't teased. he's in a trailer, I think. Yeah, he is. Okay. I need to hire you boys for a job. Uh, I truly do think retrieval is either about saving Gungi, Gungi, the uh, uh, Wookiee Padawan from that one episode or that one arc in Clone Wars. Um, or it's about retrieving Cody from wherever Cody is at. Uh, but I think we get Rex way earlier. I think clone conspiracy on February 8th, along with truth and, truth and consequences, is going to be tying in very hard to the uh, questioning of the order. I think we're going to get way more of, by the way, all these clones have gone AWOL and we're going to go save them type of thing. Uh, and here's why, like, you know, Oh God, who was it that was supposed to go look for fives? Ahsoka? Oh my God. We never saw the... Okay, quick meeting because I can't remember the answer to this. Did Ahsoka actually go looking for the information on fives? She did because she used Anakin's passcode, which was the date premiere date of clone wars the movie your first theater experience right Clint? oh yeah that was my first star wars theater experience <laughs> yes so she did see some of that information but that could leak and i i think that might be something that could happen i'm just sitting here to speculate i don't know i don't really know where my brain wants to go with that thought so we should table it until after, you know, more episodes come out. Yeah. We're three How, episodes in. How many yeah. more do we have? 13? We have a total. Uh, there are 16 episodes this oh, season. Oh, my goodness. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. We have 13 eight, left. Nine, 10, 11 weeks. There are two weeks that have double episodes. The finale and the mid-season finale. Or the mid-season break i don't really know what you call it uh when it's 16 freaking episodes yeah but uh, we're going on a break for one week uh so we've got we've got 11 weeks 13 episodes left and by episode 11 we'll also have the mandalorian at the same exact time so it's going to be a really fun time here on the rebellion as we get closer but I want to know this episode. We don't do this enough, Klein. We're going to start right now today. Someone has to remember. Uh, I'm I'm encouraging you, the amazing Kleinder man, to. Is it supposed to be Klinder man, like Slender man? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm running uh, out of puns. Yeah, are you stick with the Clank uh, dynasty? I like that one. You know, mm. it was good. It was good. Uh, what it were you going to say, Thomas? Out of five members of the Bad Batch, how would you rate this Ooh. episode? I think this might be a four out of five members of the Bad Batch for me. Okay. I really like this. I think this might have been my favorite episode of the series so far. Ooh. Full stop. First or second season. It sounds like sounds like we need to do a rewatch. Uh, I don't I don't know if I can re- ever rewatch the first season of Bad Batch. I'm sorry. <laughs> Lauren, what about you? Uh, I think I'm similar, mainly because I haven't seen that many episodes, and I definitely liked this more than the other two from this season. So shall I give it, like, five members of the Bad Batch? Like, wow. there's just nothing wrong with it. I don't know. Five in the Omega. Omega. 
It's hard to say. It just doesn't roll off the tongue the same way. You do it, Klein. Omega. Yeah, it sounds great. That's beautiful. Where's Michelle Lang when we're here to like, correct us, right? Before we dip out of the bad batch of it all, the voice actor for Vice Admiral Rampot is Noshir Dalal. I believe is how that is actually pronounced. He also just happens to oh, be... Oh, no. Where's this going? The voice of Bodhi Akuna in Jedi Survivor. Oh, cool. Like no. the oh. other character you get to play as. Oh, yeah. The new, the new friend. Oh. The new friend. The new yeah. the anime guy. The guy with the cool hair. The guy with the cool hair. The Jedi uh, in the tub. In the tank. No. His buddy. No. That's not his buddy. The one who like helps He's... him up the ledge. Yeah. Oh, you get to play as him? How what? What isn't that what you told me? I don't know. No, I, I don't I don't know about that. I don't know if we get to play as him. I think he's just okay. a new character. Okay. Oh shit, maybe I was misremembering uh Oh maybe it's a twist. I don't think so. Ooh, think so. He dies in the very Calcasus dies in the first hour. Yeah. You that's why he's never shown up again. It's his head caved in with a golf club. <laughs> Spoilers for the last Whoa, episode. whoa, whoa, whoa. Space golf. That. It's so majestic out there in the outer rims. Exactly. Let's go to nine. Let's play nine planets today. Can um, I shout out a really cool moment? Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of uh, action in these animated shows, I feel like, gets a little bit repetitive. Not so in this episode, because there was that great moment where I think Crosshair shoots a coin and it kills like yeah. three people at He's once. He's throwing those like little mirrors on the wall as they're going up the stairs. And then he yeah. falls down the stairs and goes, flip the coin and boom, tick, 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 tick. Incredible. Yeah, takes him out. Very cool. Uh, very cool. W worth watching just for that. I'm not going to lie. I'm starting to really love Crosshair. <laughs> <laughs> I'm liking the bad guy. How expected. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Tell us your thoughts on the Bad Batch season two, episode three, over on the Twitter sphere. You can tweet at us at Reckless Rebels, R E C K L E S S R E B E L S, on Twitter. And of course, while you're at it, head on over to Apple Podcasts and Spotify and leave us a review. While you're at it, ask us a question and we will answer it on the show. Especially if it is five Bad Batch stars out of five. We love interacting with you, Rebels. And don't forget, ask us shit on Twitter because we'll also answer it because, again, we love interacting with you no matter what. Lauren, where can everyone find you on social media? Yeah, I'm on the internet at L Rouse. Rouse spelt as in-house 19 on Twitter. Uh, I tweet things occasionally there. And, you know, I'm also on another podcast with someone here. Klein and I are on Controller Club. So you can find us chatting over about video games over there. Yeah, we're going to have a fun couple of weeks with the HBO's oh, yeah. The Last of Us. It is our time. Gamers Unite. We are coming out of the woodwork. All you sci-fi fans and Marvel fans. and all, You've had your time in the sun. The video mm -hmm. game nerds are here to stay. Last of Us, HBO, Sunday night. I'm so excited. Oh, yeah, it's going to be good. Wait, like what? this Sunday night? This Sunday. Yeah. At 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. Whoa. I know. 
It's it's I can't believe it's real. Lauren is I think has seen the first episode maybe. Yeah, there was me pre-watching HBO's Last of Us, and now there's me after it, and I've become like I've evolved into another form. Oh, this is cool. She's gone from like Pokemon. yeah, like Charmeleon Lauren Rouse, and now she is Charizard Lauren Rouse. That's right. Yep, this is my final form. Oh, that's unfortunate because this isn't even my final form. It will be after Sunday. Oh, thank God. Yeah, I'm tired of growing and evolving. I just want to like peak and plateau yeah. a little bit. Yeah. You'd think um, you would at 65, but. Nope. I still got to work. <laughs> I can't afford Social Security down here in these here parts of the South. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at. TC Rochester Act. That is T C R O C H E S T E R A C T. Uh, that's also my Instagram, my Facebook, I think, Linktree. Uh, I meant to say LinkedIn, but linktree.com forward slash TC Rochester Act is where you can find all of those links. Uh, tickets to premieres that I'm doing, uh, as well as films I've made that have won awards that I'm mediocre in, but the rest of the people are amazing and you should watch it because of them. All of that, linktree.com forward slash TC Rochester Act. Next week, we're going to do something. Don't know what. <laughs> oh, yeah. What is oh, yeah. I don't, yeah, I, we don't plan. We'll probably review a Bad Batch episode. Yeah, um, we're hope we're hoping no. baby 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 Jack Jack Pews will be back here. You think um, we'll ever get that coach back on here? David Thompson will be here someday. We need to do 2023 Star Wars predictions, so he needs to show up for that. You mean in March again? Is what we're talking? No, about. no, 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 no. That is not happening. If it's in March, we have to start doing a 12 month jaunt. We'll call it the tax season or some shit. I don't know. There we go. The fiscal year of 2020. <laughs> the regular <laughs> fiscal year, exactly. Uh, before we get out of here, Lauren, what is your favorite Star Wars show? And what is your favorite all-time Star Wars moment? No pressure. Oh, my God. 70 years of it. I was not prepared for this at all. Okay. Me either. Don't worry. My favorite Star Wars show, I think, uh, has been Andor. Like, really surprised me uh, out of nowhere that entire season. I loved everything that that was about. I like the darker stuff, and that's definitely what that was if you couldn't tell from me talking about Andor at any opportunity in this episode star wars moment oh my god you're gonna have to come back to me on this you're just gonna have to get me back and then i'll have thought about it okay all right you're thinking you can't even come up with an answer thomas i forgot what i asked I did ask the what your favorite, favorite Star Wars TV show is and yeah. favorite moment. Okay, favorite moment. Okay, I did ask that. That's good because I was questioning reality. Um, again, there's so many timelines. Okay, it's what? You, Klein, what's your favorite all-time Star Wars moment? Favorite all? Uh, my favorite TV show uh, as well is my favorite Star Wars. Oh, also, you forgot to throw me to uh, for social, so you can find me everywhere at the Klein Felt. Also at Controller Club with oh. Lauren Rouse and our good friend Tom Drew. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, search uh, in the search bar Controller Club, and you'll find us. Uh, as for my favorite Star Wars TV show. I really like Andor as well, but I got to stick with the brand and I'm going to say Star Wars Visions, baby. Respect. Respect. As for my favorite Star Wars moment, we've talked about it many times on this show. It is an old story, but it is Luke Skywalker staring at the suns in episode Mm -hmm. four. Okay. The binary sunset, as some would call it. Hmm. 
Some would call it the Obi-Wan Kenobi theme. It originally was, but it is no longer. It has been reclaimed. It is ours now. (laughs) It It is ours. We are the sons. I would have to go with... It changes every goddamn day. Am I allowed to pick future moments? What do you mean? Ones that haven't happened yet? How do you know yet? what they are? Ah, timelines. Timelines. <laughs> Thomas is living in 3,005 right now. I live in right the now. world between worlds. Uh, okay, I'm going to go with... Just pick I the pod racing scene and Anakin get it. Anakin Skywalker. Oh, your oh, favorite you. Star Wars moment ever is from Obi-Wan Kenobi? At this moment, right here, right now, okay. because I remembered it in my list, and it just mm-hmm. was the one that came to the front of the head. Also, you get An- uh, you get Hayden Christensen, and pretty much like the last lines James Earl Jones will ever say as Darth Vader, as a human, in the same moment. Something I didn't know we needed, something I never thought we'd get, and a great, I guess... I guess in this case, it'd be foreshadowing to the battle with Ahsoka. But for us, it's in the past because, again, time is fucking relative. War between worlds, timelines, Kang, etc. I'd have to go with that because it's just... Mm, it's very uh, gabagool, as the yak-yak man would say. Okay, I've thought of my favorite moment now while you've been talking. And it's very silly. But um, it's actually my like display picture at work. But it's when BB-8 gives the thumbs up with his little match mm, very stick good. lighter. And it's yeah, very cute. Yeah. Like and that's that. just everything I love about Star Wars. Is it a thumbs up or is he flipping him off? It's oh, a thumbs up. Up for debate. <laughs> <laughs> BB-8 <laughs> would never. He's a no. saucy little one. But like not R2-D2 saucy. Mm. Like a... He aspires to be R2. Don't we all? Don't we all? look at us who'd have thunk it uh next week as i said earlier uh we will be diving into the bad batch we will come up with more random questions for random people at any point in time and maybe we'll have a guest maybe we'll have all of our rebellion people on here maybe it'll just be klein and myself might just be me it could just be klein we have no i oh man a whole episode of just listening to klein oh no one needs Uh, that yeah, the, nobody needs the that. Entire rebellion is like, oh, oh my! But until then, sentient and droids, we've reached the end of this episode. Remember, the Force is your ally and a powerful ally. It is. We have spoken. Get some twin sunlight and stay hydrated. This was podcasting. Yippee!